Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Isotope and Native Instruments have teamed up to create the start-to-finish bundle that home recording guitar nerds have been waiting for. Plus, you, dear listener, get an extra 10% off with guitar nerds by using discount code NERDS10 at the checkout on isotope.com. From the creative spark to the final touch, their new bundles include pretty much everything you could possibly need, which is great because it's far too easy to sink hundreds of pounds and a big chunk of your time into just picking up random plugins. The Music Production Suite 4.1 and Complete 13 bundle contains over 30 intelligent mixing, mastering and repair plugins, 65 premium instruments, 20 plus expansions and over 35,000 sounds. And if that's a bit basic for you, they've also bundled Music Production Suite 4.1 with Complete 13 Ultimate, which gives you everything that makes Complete 13 incredible, plus a colossal library of added synths, sampled instruments and effects. 115 plus premium instruments and effects, 39 native instruments expansions and over 65,000 sounds. It sounds like a lot. It is. It's very good, very comprehensive. And as we've come to expect from Isotope, it's very good value. If you're looking to get into home recording, I cannot recommend it more highly. And if you're already into home recording, it it really is the one-stop shop for making what you do sound better. This podcast is entirely treated and produced using Isotope plugins, and Native Instruments have been responsible for almost every synth or sample you've heard on our Guitar Nerds jingles. Check out their great new bundles on isotope.com or follow links in the description of this podcast and use discount code NERDS10 at the checkout for 10% off anything in the Isotope arsenal. Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast, the world's number one guitar podcast. I am your host, Joe Branton, joined this week by Matt Knight. Hello, Mr. Joe. Hello, Mr. Matt. Hello, dear listener. Welcome back to another episode of the Guitar Nerds Podcast. We've got lots of things to discuss. We're going to be talking to you about, again, about what's in our watch list. My watch list was pretty mundane this week, but Matt's got some very interesting uh, stuff. Yes. Obviously, there have been some ridiculous news announcements this week. We are, of course, talking about Gibson. We want to talk about some other British guitar brands as well. Uh, we're going to be squeezing those in, and actually, uh, a British amp brand as well. And I guess we are we're keeping things quite British. Starting it off, Matt, I, uh, I I sent you a new uh, a new pedal 
um, this week. You did. You finally, but finally, finally, <laughs> uh, you finally sent me this uh, Reeves uh, pedal. So I've got it here. Uh, the Reeves, Reeves Black Cat Fuzz. Yeah, Reeves Electro. Reeves Electro. Reeves yeah, I had to make sure I got that right. Reeves Electro. I'm sure most of you have heard of Reeves. Um, he was most recently seen on that pedal show building a fuzz face, I think, for Mick and Dan. Um, really insanely cool guy and builder from the UK. We are unfortunately going to talk about a pedal that you can't actually buy anymore. Um, but it's definitely worth talking about because we should talk about Marcus uh, Marcus Reeves and the Reeves brand. Uh, so, yeah, you sent me the Black Cat Sounds. So this is, as description by the website, a point-to-point vintage fuzz, a variation on a 183 sound uh, fuzz with external bias control using super rare... Uh, T0106 TUN Black Hat Transistors. Um, all of that aside, it sounds bloody excellent. Doesn't um, it? It is a fantastic fuzz. I've th- I found it hard to top with anything else that I've tried since the bias control certainly makes it incredibly versatile as well. Yeah, basically. So the controls on... I mean, first of all, I would say it's insanely loud. Um I, you know, I play at home and I turned it on and was like, it literally felt like it was going to blow my speakers up. So I was like, whoa, it's too super loud. And I had it cranked down relatively low. But the other control you've got is basically biased. The fuzz amount is fixed, but the bias control controls the gain, I, I guess, as it were. So when you've got the bias all the way down, it's kind of spluttery, it's kind of spitty. It's almost got that um, sort of maestro fuzz tone, very much like Rolling Stone Satisfaction. And then as you kind of crank it up, that's when you get into this like insane, like amazing mega fuzz. And I had it plugged in with my Strat, which Joe, I've got to say, I've been playing the Strat, you know, the old Paisley Strat uh, a lot yesterday. And and as I said last week, those, those bigger strings, that's, that setup's made all the difference. Um, well, I've seen you, you know, you've been uh, been putting out reels on Instagram. Yeah, of I you put playing out different things. My, my first reel on Instagram. I'm such an influencer. <laughs> I'm so pro. Um, and I was, I was playing the Strat. I was playing along. I was like, you know what? I'm actually going to play along to some tunes. Like, I noodle around so much. I'm like, I've got to remember, because there's nothing better than jamming a, along to your favourite song. So I was like, put some Pink Floyd on. And it really nailed those like Gilmore, like Dark Side of the Moon, or kind of like metal, like echoes type fuzz sounds. Right. And I just, I just got lost in it for ages. It's just one of those like infinite, so sustainy fuzzes. Isn't yeah, it? it's just, it's, it's thick. It's like really fat sounding. It responds really well to your picking dynamic as well as the volume control on your guitar. You know, I could kind of go from like a rhythm crunch to like a lead, almost like cleaning it up in places. Um, you know, as they say, it's very pick sensitive and it really lets the guitar character come through. And it's just, yeah, it's got magic to it that I can't really put my finger on. I don't know much about electronics. I don't know much about these transistors. I do like it when people make cool, rare, limited fuzzes with limited parts in. And I think it's extremely cool. Um, but yeah, ultimately, I was like, it looks cool. It's like a black, um, like rainbow sparkle, I guess you would say. It's yeah, kind of it's got this kind of hard to describe, to it. isn't it? Um, but I just like the fact it's got that bias control on it. 
and the fact that that bias control basically gives you every sort of fuzz tone there is I well, that's it it really as the, as that bias control goes around clockwise it really opens everything up um so yeah like the fuzz becomes much uh much richer and i guess a, a little bit more dynamic a little bit more full range i loved having it down though i love a spluttery fuzz i think it sounds fantastic for that and this one actually has a little bass switch as well just mm. adds back in a load of low end which of course always gets sucked out of fuzzes a little bit and it's, mm. it, it makes it great for bass guitars, actually, which is, you know, another reason that I loved it as well. Yeah, and I think using it at home, I always like having that extra bass boost because you just, it, it kind of fattens out the sound when you're at lower volumes mm. at, at home, um, which which I really like. But it's just one of those ones where the only bad thing is the fact that there's too many good sounds on it. <laughs> so it's just like, no matter where you set the control, you're like, oh, this is great. I could play this for ages. And then you like move it a bit and you're like, this is also great. And then... You just wish that you had all of those. You had like six of them, just like different settings. But I kind of, so I still haven't, I've sort of done a bit of a, about three months ago, I pulled my big pedal board apart. I've got some things which I'll talk about in a, f in a few podcast time when everything's sort of wired up and, and good to go. Um, but I was like, right, I've just got a BCB90, uh, which has got, you know, like 10 outputs on it. I'm just going to grab a couple of pedals and, and play around. So I um, I had that. I had my Grouter Audio Vibe, which is just hands down, just one of the best, chewiest vibe sounds. And then my Electroharmonics Deluxe Memory Man. And I had those three pedals for about four hours. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. And was just like, <laughs> it's just the best. It's just it was just the absolute best, and I think um, I also was messing around with the Cogmeister, the dinosaur Cogmeister, which is the tube uh, tone bender, the '60s like germanium treble boost, and the kind of solo boost, um, uh -huh. all in one, and was sort of playing around with that as well for a bit. And I was like, oh, I just want all of these fuzzes on my pedal board because each one just sounds super unique, and it's yeah. just super fun to play. Um, and somehow going to have to tell Marcus he can't have it back. <laughs> um, uh, you I'll have to, uh, you I'll have to buy up. it off him. I have to buy it off him. But yeah, yeah I did open yeah. it up as well. Um, 
which I think you're you're about to say there, Joe. But yeah, I did. yeah, yeah, I was. I did. Yeah, I did it's, it, it's it. In, incredible. It's it's like a work of art in the back of his pedals. I know, and then I, I I don't dare like if I owned it, I wouldn't dare like put like Velcro on it or something. It's just so perfect. I'm like, oh, it's. And you have to basically, for anyone obviously listening, uh, if you're in front of a computer, reeveselectro.co.uk, um, the Black Hat Sound, Colour Sound Fuzz with Bias Control is, is what it's on there. But you just have to look at some of the shots and you just look at that. Well, there's a shot of the nice little Black Hat transistors, but you just have to look at the way it's wired inside and you go, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it is like a work of art. You almost... You'd almost want, and there was a company that did this one, but you'd almost want a, a clear plastic back on it. So every <laughs> now and then you could just pick it up and you could just admire it. Um, it really is a, a work of art. And, and I would say to anyone, obviously, if we've sort of made you uh, desperate um, to buy this, um, you can't. Um, but, but you can. Uh, have a look at his website. So he recently updated only a few days ago ago, uh, some of the September 2022 drops. So he reckons he's got some uh, more fuzzes coming. I mean, it makes a lot of fuzzes, but like uh, fuzz faces, um, lots of different ones that he's got on his website. So I think he's got quite a few descriptions of all my pedals. Um, Yeah, I build in pedals of, of batches of 15 10 to 15 at a time. Pedals are out of stock until batches release. They sell really fast. Subscribe to my mailing list. And uh, that's it. So, yeah, he's got a kind of medium gain fuzz, um, which is his take on a fuzz face, a range master style fuzz. The Lux Master, which is the range master. That is a, yeah, mm. that is very up my street, I think. Uh, that's yeah. A very cool pedal. Um, the Black Hat Sounds, which is, yeah, a gated mark one tone bender i guess he might make more if he gets more of the transistors uh medium gain silicon track tone mark two tone bender with the red dot sound 183 face which is his uh medium gain fuzz face uh the 183 sound which is a one knob fuzz um and then he's got like a vintage folded steel wedge case which is the deluxe version of the black hat sounds which has also got volume fuzz bias tone and mids and then also a black hat sounds professional which is a roto style case minus the fuzz control and that's Um, the one you want really isn't it like you want those that big old tone bender case with uh, the extra controls 450 pounds for the black hat sound professional but um i what a pedal I think did we talk about did we talk about pedal prices last week? We'll be talking about like someone have a question about we did yeah there's a right. Patreon we, question we about, about what you'd be willing to spend on a what's the average amount I think or what are the price caps that you yeah. put on pedals yeah and I just said whatever it takes um, <laughs> and actually yeah I mean you look at that you look at the Black Cat Sound Professional and you just go damn <laughs> it's just yeah. so good. um actually interestingly looking at the drops that he's got coming up black hat sounds bhsd i don't know what that one is oh that's the one in the wedge case that's the deluxe version the one below the professional but the one up from the standard if you're listening to this and you're interested looks like he's got some arriving in september so go on his website join the reeves electro mailing list and be the first in line you won't be disappointed um definitely want 
some more of his pedals yeah <laughs> they are so good just yeah i mean it's the only one i've sort of got to try firsthand but uh, you know you know i um i i got marcus sent me that pedal and i tried it i loved it made a couple of reels for guitarists. we talked about it actually a while ago Matt, we on, did on yes podcast, we did but, yeah. um when i was checking out and then i can't remember what it was like uh like a couple of weeks obviously i was talking to marcus and uh, a couple of weeks later i think polymath were playing up in his neck of the woods so he was like, oh come and see your band so he came and checked us out then and we chatted more then and um and and at that show, I was like, "Oh, I'll, I'll get. I know I've had it for about a month. I'll get you that pedal back, back to you as soon as possible." And he was like, "No, just, uh, just keep it until you know you've uh, you've had a chance to really get to grips with it." And you know that that was now about four or five months ago. And- <laughs> <laughs> he's either forgotten or he hates us forever. Um, yeah. I'm sure if he's listening to this, or if he's given up listening because of of that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's amazing, and I think it's. Um, you know, I think it's great to see brands like this that, you know, just really passionate about what they do. They're not trying to make loads, just really passionate about fuzzes and, you know, components. Yeah. Um, probably get, I could get excited about components, but I think I'd need to know a bit about electronics first, um, or at least a little bit more to understand it. But it's just sort of really, it's sort of sparked a thing in me where I'm like, right. I just need to buy loads of cool fuzz pedals. And I think that, you know, the interesting thing is, and I know there'll be a, you know, a lot of discussion on this point, but people, you know, the the thing that always comes up is like, oh, there's like $6 of components in there. I could make it for 20 pounds. And obviously people forget that, you know, people have to earn a living. And, you know, some of these components are, are rare. I think even recently, Analog Man said that they've been plagued by like fake components um, on on some places. I think they had to recall something like 150 Analog Man King of Tones because they were like, oh yeah, a bunch of the transistors we put in were actually fake. Um, And we didn't, we didn't realize and they're getting like harder to spot, but becoming more, more common. I mean, you've got to remember like some of these transistors are like 50 years old and they've just like sat in people's drawers for ages and, you know, they ultimately were great for guitars, but crap for a lot of other things. Yeah. Um, and uh, you just look at that and you go, they're so simple, but yet so much variation from those. I mean, I remember when Boss was doing the Tone Bender and uh, they were talking about, you know, Ant McCurry was talking about like the original one's got like eight components in it. But how you wire and and what components you use make all the difference. And I think that's the cool thing about pedals, but also fuzz pedals specifically. There's a lot of great digital pedals, of course, and a lot of great analog pedals and, you know, people making, you know, really high quality stuff. But I also like these kind of really small runs, you know, using these kind of cool transistors and stuff. And that's where the yeah. price is. I mean, I've got, I'm yeah. looking at the Dan Drive secret weapon that I've got here, which has got some sort of, sort of hard to find components in it as well. And I'm like, oh, and then I've got some other things. So maybe I just need to, I need to move down the fuzz journey. But it's one of those things I'm like, it just, it sounded good. No matter where you put it, it sounded good. And you plugged it in and it sounded good. So, you know, that's a win all round, really. Yeah, I I, I actually, I love that about, about vintage. I think it's something that applies specifically to fuzzes. This, you know, the, that there are only a few uh, ingredients 
um, to make that fuzz sound, but they have to be right. Mm. It's, it's, it's like single malt whiskey. You know, in single malt whiskey, there's only three ingredients. You can only use three ingredients if it's single malt. So it's only going to be the malted barley, the water, and the yeast. So creating the right flavor from those three ingredients is very, very difficult, which is why it takes, you know, a, a, a master craftsman to be able to do that. Whereas when you get a blend, it's easier because you can use an infinite amount of um, other whiskies in order to, you know, tailor a, a thing. And that's sort of like, I guess, digital pedals today of being able to use different things to emulate something to having to finally tune and create something from just those very few bits and bobs you get in something like mm. the Reeves Electro Black Hat Fuzz or yeah, you know, or, or the Tone Benders that Boss did. Yeah, it's um it's a it's a journey that I think can ultimately also become very um uber nerdy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. But I, I the same that I've been going through a real fuzz stage at the moment. Like a, I was thinking about making some guitar nerds YouTube videos again. I, we we've discussed that uh, recently, but I was kind of working on doing sort of demo style things, but but really for me, not for like, you know, new products or anything like that, more for stuff that I'm like, these are some cool things. And I found myself like going through the fuzz pedals that I've got at the moment, the ones that have really made an impression on me. And it's it was things like the solid gold effects, their Imperial Mark II fuzz. Yeah. With the faders and the contour control. I absolutely love that. The, the Pelotor, the Pelican Noiseworks Pelotor, um, just such a wonderful pedal that I, you know, that I'd, I'd forgotten about for years, but it's just such, it's, it's just so good. Um, yeah, I think and, um, uh, fuzz pedals, you can just have a lot of, a lot of them, and they can all do different things. And uh, you know, and I think it feels better to have a lot of fuzz pedals than it does delay pedals in some ways. Sure, for yeah. me anyway. Yeah, sure. You, you, I mean, with a delay pedal, for me, if if I can get that sort of dark analog thing dealt with, that's kind of all I need to have, you know. So as 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 long as I've got something that can sort of cut that particular way, that's that's all I need. Whereas you just get so many different flavors with fuzzes. Mm, absolutely. So uh, hats off to uh, Marcus. Oh, Reeves very for, good for a great uh, a great a great fuzz pedal. <laughs> very good. I liked that. That was good. D that was deliberate, right? It was deliberate. Well, very actually, good. when it came out of my mouth, it wasn't, <laughs> and then I realised what I said, and then it was. So I see. Uh, I see very you know, nice. it was a, it was a joke almost too clever. Ah, oh, right, right. <laughs> it was actually Matt. For, it was an. I had a bit of an NBD today, a new base oh, day. Nice. Oh, actually, nice. I had, I had a double new base day. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> well, well. Uh, see, the thing is, um, you know, I, I think we we spoke about it um, a few weeks ago. But you know, like, uh, uh, you know, I've been working with Ash down prototyping some new bases. Yes. And we got we got all of the all of the bases sent through like four different models we were doing various different color options and pickup options. So they sent us all of the prototypes, and we've chosen things th that we're running with basically. And some things they decided not to run with. And uh, I was like, oh, we, we, uh, what, what are you, you going to do with uh, 
with these things that we're not running with. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the models we've decided not to do is the jazz bass, which is the grail for Ashdown. I really sort of pushed for Ashdown to actually focus on their own original shapes a, a little bit more. They're not, you know, ridiculous shapes. They're still sort of Jaguar inspired the or, or Thunderbird, Firebird inspired the shapes, but they have a bit more of their own thing going on. Whereas the grail, which is the jazz, was just, you know, it was just another company doing another jazz bass. So we, we decided not to go ahead with that. And they obviously did like a sparkle pink and a, a sparkle metallic green, the the Ford Capri green from the 70s. So I was uh, I was like, well, what's happening with those? And they were like, oh, yeah, well, you didn't have these. So uh, they turned up. They turned up today. I'm looking at them right now. My new uh, uh-huh. shell pink, metallic shell pink matching headstock jazz bass. And a little sort of olive metallic green jazz bass matching headstock. Taking uh, taking that out on tour, are we, Joe? Well, it depends what happens. So, yeah, my tour starts something like twelfth of November. Obviously, I need a couple of a couple of bases for that. This would be ideal. I could take both of them out. But my original idea was I wanted to take out my Fidelity and I wanted to take my Moore out. So they're you know two custom made things that are being built. But my Fidelity is still having its new neck cut. I don't know when I'm going to get that. And the more was, uh, again, like, you know, I, I've said about this on the podcast where I was like, uh, I sort of placed the order for the more and then was like, forgot about it completely. And then, you know, two years later, they've been like, okay, ready to take the rest of that payment now. <laughs> and I've been, I've been uh, sort of like, oh, oh, damn. But they did contact me and were like, yeah, it's going to be done in August. I was like, oh, God. So still stretched to get that paid and it's not done yet. So, um <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 just another Luth- extension I, I need Luth- another Luthiers. loan <laughs> Luthiers just never I don't think I've ever met a Luthier that has delivered an instrument to me when they've originally said they're going to deliver it I don't mind like it's not a problem but I, I think Luthiers across the board should probably abandon telling people when they're going to uh, <laughs> provide the thing so if the Fidelity and the Moor turn up before November then I'll take them out um but uh otherwise i'll take the two jazzes the jazzes are almost maybe a safer bet because they're they'll be so similar and and also you know uh you know they're they're just you know they're just sort of affordable chinese made jazz bases so Mm. Mm. i'm mindless if they get battered or stolen or anything like that so yeah yeah i also like the idea of playing a shell pink jazz bass in my sort of black suited uh well, <laughs> I think black and pink are a great colour combo. You, um, you know, so I think it would work quite well. Okay. Actually, um, one thing I was I was thinking as well, as well when you were talking about those guitar, um, those bases, just thinking back to the fuzzles, and I just remembered this is a random thought mid podcast, Joe. But that what was that mini brand? That brand that we talked about that you saw at. Um, at Guitar Summit that made those kind of smaller guitars that sort of looked like an ES-175. Can you remember? Oh, um, uh, the, the uh, Grizz Grizz. Grizz Grizz, Grizz, that's yeah. it. Did they, make a, did they make a bass? They didn't, did they? Grizz Grizz, unfortunately, sadly, no. No, no. bass. I think because that would be, you know, if you're, if you're looking for another new bass day next, Joe, I think you should get one of those done. In, yeah. Uh... <laughs> well, I think I think the number one thing for me on my bases that I haven't yet be, uh, bought at the moment is probably something from Grez. I think they're sort of topping the bill for me at the moment as something that I'd 
I'd want. Mm. You know, they uh, they did their Mendocino bass, which is fantastic, sort of, you know, Dan Electro, DC-59 inspired double cut. Um, but I really love some of the things that some of the podcast listeners have showed me that he's made like big ES-175 style um, uh, Grez basses. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see. That's probably next one. It's been off for a while. I've just, there's, I've got too much stuff at the moment. I need to be slimming down, not, um, not expanding. <laughs> but we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. But uh, no, that's cool. Well, you've got a couple of new, you know, it's good to add a couple of, how many bases are you up to now, Joe? Well, actually I'm about to sell a bunch of them and I'm giving Naomi my Bronco as well. So, uh, so that, that will free up some space, but so I don't she'll know. she'll have there's... two. <laughs> no she'll have three she's already got two um uh but i i don't know probably 15 bases here something like that i know that this two these two jazz bases bring my jazz bass collection up to eight um i don't need eight jazz bases but you know we'll uh you do you know there's no <laughs> limit i think you know it's what they say um it's what they say is the ideal is x plus one is that is that right that is that's is exactly x being the uh a number of uh bases and then yeah. yeah so well there you go and then you know well, when you're well, bored of that, you can send me the pink one so you know <laughs> well uh one thing um one thing i definitely won't be able to afford even if i sell all of my jazz bases is gibson's new murphy lab collector's edition replica of kirk hammett's greeny 1959 les paul standard yeah, you mean you haven't got fifty thousand dollars? Fifty thousand. Fifty thousand dollars. Might I add X tax? <laughs> um, because that's what I always hate about America when you buy stuff. You're like, oh, this is great, and then they're like, "That's not why else." No, like oh, you have to add tax, sir. Um, yeah. So actually, um, firstly, a shout out. Probably doesn't listen to the podcast, but I'm putting it out there anyway. You never know. Kirk uh, Hammett. Uh, Kirk Hammett. <laughs> what a guy. Actually, I would like to meet Kirk Hammett. I reckon he's I reckon he's all right. Um, no, Trogley's Guitar Show um, on uh, on YouTube actually posted the video about this. I've been following a few of their videos. Interesting person. Basically buys and sells a lot of the most collectible guitars. I think he's like sort of like an official reseller for brands on reverb also buys and oh, sells really? a lot yeah it's, it's watch his video because he mentions it a little bit for for listeners trogley's guitar show they, he does a video every day as well on another guitar that's worth like crazy money but yeah he basically did a video on this um so gibson sort of teased it i think cesar the marketing guy uh, on the board of directors, sort of tease this, and then they've announced it officially a few days ago. But yeah, Kirk Hammett, who bought the um, Peter Green Les Paul off, um, I don't know if he bought it off the Gary Moore estate, whoever owned it before. So the 59 Les Paul, owned by Peter Green, bought by Gary Moore, now owned by Kirk Hammett, has had the Murphy Lab uh, treatment. They say the much anticipated and forensically detailed custom forensic shop. replicas. Yeah, what of, what uh, a name, eh? Of uh, Kirk Hammett's fifty nine Les Paul. Of course, they're saying that the Murphy Lab is better than anything Murphy aged, and it's the ultimate. Um, but what's interesting about this, and I and I think again, you know, for for a more detailed look, go to the uh, the Trogley's YouTube channel. Um, it is only only available from their direct retail store 
in Nashville. So the Gibson Tone Garage, I think it's called. Um, they're only making 50, and you can only buy it from the Nashville store. Um, the interesting thing about the, the video that I watched is that this trolley guy, he was like, oh, can I buy one? They said, no, it's only direct through the store, and you can't resell it. He said, oh, well, can I buy it? anyway to keep and they said no um they banned him from buying it um and i would imagine that they are ultimately fishing for gibson's biggest spenders globally um because yeah you have to go to the gibson store to buy it uh, as part of buying it you also get a and for legal reasons this is not included in the price but is included in purchase uh, you get a trip to um, I think, yeah, you basically get a trip to Nashville to pick up the guitar, have dinner with Kirk Hammett, uh, meet Wait, all the Wait, he's Gibson. got to go out for 50 dinners? No, I'd imagine they'll be like, we'll organise one dinner. Oh. Uh, you get to stay at some fancy um, rest global set chain of restaurants called Soho House. There's one in Ballam where I live, and they charge you like an annual subscription to just go to the pub it's pointless um but yeah you get a night out with uh, kirk hammett just dinner not a full night out he's not going to get going to get hammered or anything he's not going to do a little dance uh, for you <laughs> um you get a bunch of goodies i think you get a certificate you get a signed photo of kirk hammett like all the things you'd expect but i'd imagine that gibson are going well if we sell them direct and they're 50 grand and those 50 great people have to come to Gibson. We know they've got 50 grand in their back pocket to spend on a Gibson. So anytime we do anything, we can just be like, do you want to buy this like mega expensive limited edition guitar? And don't get me wrong. If I was that person, I'd be like, yes, please. Well, that, that was um, actually going to be my question. Would you buy this? If you had, um, imagine this wasn't, <clears throat> I guess, imagine you had that money or imagine that this was an affordable price. Do you think this was that this is something that you'd be absolutely. interested in. Yeah. Absolutely. Because, I mean, it's ridiculous. 50 grand when there's people who can't even pay to keep their electricity on. Do you know what I mean? It's a disgusting thought. Realistically, it's a disgusting thought to go, I'm going to drop 50 grand on this. Sure. Um, but I guess when you're a multi, multi-millionaire, you probably... Which will be the 50 people buying it, I guess. Um, Which is, a, yeah, it is yeah, a shame no, and to I'm sure, see no, guitars these... be, become such a... Uh, you know, without I mean, this you know, without going be... too political, but to see guitars getting a, a little bit sort of class warry here with a with an instrument. Yeah, this I mean, it, it's interesting. This has got to be one of the most expensive new guitars out hmm. out that any major manufacturers. You know, when we went to Nam, or you know, when you went to um, Guitar Summit, and there's like the boutique builders room, and you've got these, yeah, um, like Ritter guitars that are like hundred thousand dollars and they're like these big art pieces do you know what i mean i think the interesting thing with this is it's like the, the probably the most iconic les paul yeah that they could have ever done and they have done it before because the collector's choice number one was the it was the the gary moore one and then it was yeah. the um oh, it was the other guy that then sort of owned it there was a bit of a the relic one had to be called the moore but the non-relic one was something else you know it's one of the most iconic les pauls of all time kurt Cammett, I don't think he's done anything to it, but he has toured it all over the world. Um, it's amazing that he owns it. Obviously, it's the closest yeah. you're ever going to get to owning that guitar. I would imagine Kirk Hammett's probably going to take this one out on tour now, yeah. you know, rather than the original. I would have thought um, so. And, and, you know, I think 
for any serious guitar, guitar guitar collector, it's an investment. There's only 50. You had to go to Nashville. You got all of this other stuff. And if you want to sell it, hey, there's only 50 and it costs 50 grand. You're going to get at least 50 grand back. You know, it's but it's crazy that it's starting at more money than yeah. most vintage guitars. But then again, if you look at 59 Les Paul, that's a quarter of a million pounds. You know, so if you can't afford yeah. a quarter of a million pounds, but you can afford 50 grand, is this a better alternative? Um, it, it it's amazing, really, and it's. I, I, I guess love it's... the I love the case, by the way, that they've got all the names. They've got Green Moore Hammett, but like Green is almost completely rubbed out. Moore's a little bit less, and the Hammett's fresh and new. Mm. It's, uh, kind of I thought that was a nice a nice touch. Um, you get you know some Kirk Hammett signature picks that cost you about fifty p. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think the thing is here is that. I guess it's 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 one of those things where Gibson could go. What do we want to charge? Yeah, I, you know, I, I'm sure there must be some sort of like money in it for Kirk Hammett. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but I'm sure he's not that greedy. Um, <clears throat> so you know, it's just a case of what do you want to charge? I mean, I saw those Game of Thrones Fender custom oh, shops and yeah. a guitar shop at the weekend, still unsold. Yeah, as they will remain. Uh, you know, and they're like 28,000 euros each. Um, and I think, you know, you do get brands doing that, but I think this, to do something so iconic. Yeah. It's kind I have of to like- say, it's made, me, it's made me think about, you know, getting something Murphy Lab or, you know, getting something Gibson Custom Shop and being okay with the sort of five grand price tag. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, that is the thing. It's, um, it makes you realise... I guess it, yeah, puts the other guitars into perspective. Um, but, I mean, interestingly, I spent a lot of the weekend playing my Huber. I tried to be like, no, I'm going to play guitar. I'm not going to play the Valentine. And I realised just, like, I remember just how good that guitar is. Mm. Um, and you're just like, you know, what you get for the money. Uh, although, you know, they are expensive. They're more boutique and in small numbers. And you think, actually, probably if one of those builders like Huber built this guitar, it probably wouldn't even be 50 grand then. Um, you know, I think it is the name, the guitar. You know, I don't think anyone else could do this and charge that kind of money. No. Um, Brazilian board, which is quite interesting. Ooh. Imagine that. You get to the uh, get to customs <laughs> and they're like, sorry, sir. Sorry, mate. We can, gonna- we, can, we can send it through, but we've got to take this board off. Yeah, just like applying <laughs> it off. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a collector's piece, ultimately, at the end of the day, sure. isn't it? It's not, you know, well, I don't know. I'm sure there's some people out there that are in these circles that are like, yeah, I'm going to play down the dog and duck and I am going to use my 50 grand, you know, <laughs> let's pull. But, it, you know, you'll buy it for 50 grand and it'll be worth probably 80 grand in about two years time because you'll list it and someone will go, God, I really want that. And it's worth whatever someone's willing to pay for it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, even just looking at it, it looks so good. It's made me really want a Gibson. I'm that, on the I mean, Gibson website now. got to be the best-looking Les Paul out there, in my it, opinion. It I is. think I just it does look I great. Think, yes, I think you can't deny that. If Matt, if you were going to buy another Gibson, what would you get from their current lineup? You, you go on what? the website. <clears throat> I um I'm just gonna I'm gonna load up the I'm gonna load up the Gibson website because I was thinking about and I mentioned that Grizz Grizz and the hollow body and then playing the Reeves and I was like, you know what would be dead cool? Like some sort of big old like three three five. Yes. Um, that's what I'm that's what I'm looking at, Matt. And I, I was reading an interesting article in 
a guitar magazine this weekend, which was guitarist, maybe. Um, and there was an interview with Lee Bartram, who I've met before, nice guy. Uh, he's the marketing manager for Gibson in Europe. They were talking about the um, Riviera. No, not Riviera. Sorry, the three four five. Oh yeah, three four five. So the oh, Noel, yeah, the Noel yeah, Gallagher yeah. one, which again has gone through really similar treatment, really limited. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, yeah, I'd, I'd be tempted for for another Gibson. Um, so let me have a look at the ES335 range on Gibson's website right now. You can get um, the, I mean, the Vintage Burst, just the standard 335, three and a half thousand US dollars. You know, you can get that in Vintage Burst or I think they do like, uh, they do it in the in the classic red or... Um, do you know i natural oh they do it in black so they do it in ebony they do it in red but the vintage sunburst for me is the one on a 335 they've actually got got loads on here haven't they um right so just scrolling down really quickly gonna pick out a couple um the slim harpo es330 uh is very cool um the lovell i'm guessing that's the signature uh, it is a signature artist. Uh, yeah, the Lovell ES330. Love those 330s. Always wanted one. Big hollow body P90s. Awesome. I would yeah. also be tempted by Trini Lopez because I love the idea of the six in a line. Oh, the headstock's wrong. Headstock. No, no. No, I like the headstock. Um, I want my F-holes to look like the letter F. I don't want these diamonds. Yeah, I, I mean, interestingly, they've got a 330P90, 335P90, mm. um, which has got the kind of Mickey Mouse's cream hardware. Ugh. Doesn't look right. Uh, under the custom shop, I mean, 64ES335 in that what, deep what's, cherry. What's, what price are they doing in the custom shop, 6, though? 6000 from their yeah, website. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. But when then, you consider that just the ordinary 335 is very, very good and it's a cool three and a half thousand US dollars. Yeah, although oh, I tell what? you, if money was no object, Joe, hmm. 59 ES335 in vintage natural, ultra heavy aged from the Murphy lab. Oh. Um, damn, that guitar looks good. <laughs> I, yeah. I just there's something about those aged Gibsons. They just they they look wicked. Uh, they they're just so good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but interestingly, uh, if you go there, they've also got the mod collection. So rarities, exclusive, customized one-off, and pre-played guitar mods. Uh, which reminded me, as part of that Gibson Greeny package, you also got a trip into the Gibson Vault, as they were going to pull really? that stuff out oh, from wow. the Gibson Vault. Uh, we've seen it already. Uh, I've seen it already, anyway. Um, not all of it, some of it. Um, but anyway, rarities exclusive. I'm sure these are things they've kind of gone, oh, yeah, I forgot we had that. So if you go on there right now, there's a couple of things that are wicked. Uh, one of them is a 59 ES3355 reissue uh, in deep grape. So it's a it's kind of like a royal purple with, uh, I guess, or, you know the traditional vintage yellow trim. Where Gold on their website are you seeing this? Homepage, yeah, homepage, and then in the middle, I think it says "Explore the Mod Collection." Um, um, yeah, you've got a story about the Kirk Hammett Green. Let's pull with a Gibson Mod Collection shop now. Oh yeah. Um, oh so, Matt, that is that is a terrible color. 
I think that's <laughs> it's <a> not. <laughs> it's a great color. Um, they've also got. I mean, it's the, not a bad price. No, sixty-two hundred US dollars for something that limited edition. The God, worst, what are we becoming, Matt? The worst color. The uh, by far the worst color of all of that's on here. It's not evening sea. It's, it's not aquapellum. Mint, mint chip burst. That has got to be one of the ugliest guitars i've ever seen <laughs> the name um, says it all dear listener <laughs> it looks like the cheap no i'll tell you what it looks yeah. like and these are actually quite nice you probably wouldn't have had one for a while joe because you're vegan it looks like a via a wool's vionetta which is a very <laughs> english thing but it looks like a wool's mint vionetta um yeah black and then mint chalk burst i it guess it makes it makes fenders antigua instruments look oh, extremely tasteful worst. it's it's that <laughs> color that a hard-boiled egg goes between the yolk and the white um yeah they've got some weird stuff on here they've got like a red sparkle les paul jr with a bigsby um they've also got uh what's the other one actually here that looked quite cool i know you don't like the the trini lopez but they have got one in a blue sparkle which does look i don't uh, it's the, the blue's wrong to me it's like a navy dear listener yeah, which is not I guess maybe. it's not the right color if it, it should be if that was pelham i'd be like yeah this is cool yeah that's true but I, I think that the what caught me in about going to this gibson mods collection is they've got a picture on there of a one pickup flying v with the humbucker in the neck position Oh, yes. um, which I'm like, <laughs> yes. Um, but <laughs> yeah, that's a think... great, ridiculous idea. Yeah, you know what flying V players want? Neck pickups. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, it's interesting going on. So I haven't been on this website for ages, but yeah, if, you know, so much Gibbs, good stuff. Gibson Brands family, obviously, got Epiphone, because Boogie now, Maestro in terms of their pedals, you know, they're doing a lot more content. Um, I think they've got an app now. They're doing vintage guitar restoration. Oh, yeah. uh, obviously, they've got the Gibson store. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, it definitely yeah. makes me want a Murphy Lab, and it de- definitely makes me want to win the lottery, but there we go. <laughs> Gibson Greeny. Some- if you get one and yeah. you're a listener, um, I will happily be your plus one for the <laughs> trip to Nashville. Yes. Yeah. Well... Well, yeah, there is some there is some pretty good stuff. I I was looking at the 57 Les Paul custom reissue, which the Les Paul custom for me in black, you know, that lovely sort of off-white binding, gold mm. hardware, gold pickups. Oh, obviously, it's like the Grecos that I was dealing with when I was doing that shop thing. I'm so into that. That for me is the ultimate Les Paul. $7,000. And this is probably because I've had so many Bernies and Grecos and Tokais come through mm. and seen these amazing, like, vintage Japanese guitars. You know, I've t- taken them in for a few hundred pounds and sold them on for, you know, like five, like between five and 800 quid, depending on their condition. And all of them have been amazing. And then, you know, it's £7,000 for the the closest Gibson. Uh, well, mm. yeah, the Gibson is obviously the original, but but the only the only Les Paul custom that you can get from Gibson is uh, is wow. seven thousand pounds. It's a it's a big old chunk of money. Let's talk about an amp brand though, Matt, that would go very well with a Les Paul custom. Um, Indeed. I want to talk about. Indeed. I want I want to talk about High Watts uh, because when I was at Guitar Summit 
Um, I, I, uh, just round the back from where the Ashdown stand was, sort of almost sharing the back wall, uh, was, um, was Highwell. Two fellows working in there, Tom from their custom shop and Arv from, uh, the marketing team behind Highwell. And I guess Highwell had sort of fallen off the radar for me a little bit as a brand, because I think, I don't really know the ins and outs of the details of what happened with Highwell, but very much I think the, uh, um, uh, the, the, the branding or the name had been sold into various different places. It wasn't very united. There was a, you could get some high stuff, but it was either this tiny little custom shop or you were getting this like digital sort of Chinese import stuff that mm. had high what slapped on the front. So that brand had sort of fallen away. And I, I, the the stuff that they had there was all amazing and that got me to like talking to them a lot checking out the the high what website and really like you know the the great thing was that you know of and Tom were able to talk to me about the brand and how it's actually really united again now and high what are really coming back they're really on the front foot the range is getting bigger they've got kind of stuff for every price point they're still focusing on that core british custom shop and you know their uh, their incredible range of like you know the the super high output uh, DR amps, which I guess are kind of the series that they're they're most known for. They're still doing those, but they're trying to make access like price accessible valve stuff as well. So I wanted to talk to you, dear listener, about all the stuff on their website, or a bunch of stuff that I thought was amazing. Um, something I've been trying, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get them to, to agit. Well, they have said they'll, they'll send me one down their custom UK custom built, um, filter fuzz, which is a, a hand wired 60s style gain machine with an expressive filter and EQ It is the biggest pedal I've ever seen. The chassis was incredible from watching demos of it. It looks like it sounds absolutely amazing. 333 pounds, um, which, you know, it's, it's a high watt custom shop, less than a Reeves Electro. Um, so, you know, reasonable in that sense. But they've got some great stuff. Obviously, the DR series, you know, that's that's the bread and butter. They've got those uh, uh, th- those Fane speakers that I guess high watt are really well known for being, uh, you know, being a, a combination with. And you can still get their custom 100, the custom 15. You can get that as a as a combo the custom highwood 200 which whilst it is a guitar amp works fantastically as a bass amp and they actually do all all of their amps i guess are always sold as like this is guitar bass and keyboard and they still stick to that it's you know their amps Mm. do all of those things and they do some great cabinets like even on the bass cabinets one of the things that they had uh at the show um was a custom shop cab which was a looks like an 810 but if you take away the the grill cloth it's a 410 and a 15 all packed in together nice very very cool um but the tube series for me was the thing that really actually stood out yeah it's not made in their you know uk custom shop but not that that should be something that you know no one thinks twice about wherever fender amps are made these days um but they have like a, a whole range their their five watt 110 combo i thought was absolutely fantastic and and actually sounded great but for me the thing that really stood out was their t20 10c combo which is their 20 watt switchable to 10 um uh 10 watt combo with a proper spring reverb in there with uh one of their octopulse speakers 
So you're still kind of getting all that classic high headroom, surprisingly high headroom for the sort of wattage that this amp is putting out, sound from a high watt. You're getting a great spring reverb in there, those fantastic high watt looks. And they're like £749. Why isn't everyone buying them? Like this is, this. it feels like they should just be everywhere with prices like that and sound quality like like they're they're turning out at the moment but uh yeah it's um you know high watt i've so i've actually owned a high watt and it was one of two experiences with high watts one i owned and i've regretted selling it ever since i sold it um and also i sold an original high watt dr um dr 100 is that is it right. is that the 105 dr100 which is basically the 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 one that gilmore had one of the original 70s ones um we've talked about it on the podcast before sold it to a guy named chris from a wicked band from brighton called enos uh they were a a themed band i guess you would say about a monkey that went to space uh and they were wicked and i thought they were yeah great band basically a uh, custom uh, dr103 that's it 100 watt head which they still make now uh in the uk custom shop uh just amazing super loud loads of clean headroom uh we also had one second hand for a while from the 70s which was very much like the pete townsend live at leeds classic high mm-hmm. watt um the great thing about these is that all of the i don't know what you call this particular type of eq um, but effectively, if you turn down bass, middle, and treble all the way to zero, you get no volume. So you look at bass, middle, treble, presence, and volume all as volume controls. So it's like a volume for bass and a volume for treble rather than like an active EQ that cuts or um, boosts, I guess you would say. Right. Um, I think it's the difference between a British tone stack and an American tone stra- stack, um, but I couldn't tell you any more details than that. Um, but the one that I owned and I have missed dearly for so long, they never come up for sale. Um, I had a custom 20 and that was just Ooh. the best pedal platform. It went. It was a time when I was bouncing between Dr. Z and, and a bunch of other ones and trying to find the best pedal platform. And I had this and I just, I don't know why I sold it, probably at that point when I was working at Gak and I was buying and trading stuff all the time just to buy other stuff because you're like, oh, I've got to own this and I've got to own this and trying to make it work. And um, yeah, by far just one of the best pedal platform amps I've ever had. Um, it is effectively master, middle, treble, bass and gain. And you have a high input and a low input. And uh yeah. Just plug a few pedals in and away you go. I mean, you can overdrive it if you really crank it, but at normal volumes, that 20 watt is um, its just spectacular. And I, there's something yeah, okay. about it that just, they, they look dead cool. They they, they do. So yeah. cool. They, yeah, um, they, they are incredible. And yes, I mean, the DR, um, like the DR 103 is now three and a half thousand dollars for the, so that, you know, they're, it's very much premiumly priced if you want to get, you know, one of their, uh, one of their big proper things. But yeah, there isn't really anything that sounds like them. No, I, um, and I mean, you know, again, they're expensive, but you know, they're UK custom shop. They're building them in small runs. It's not like there's thousands and thousands of them out there. Um, I would be, 
yeah, if I had the money, I would I would seriously be tempted unless they're listening to this and really want to do me an amazing deal. But um, the custom Hiwat 20 is, I would say, the best to go to. The 100 is great if you can crank 100 and you really need to put 100 through a 412. Um, but yeah, for the Gilmore sound, for everything, just just so so good um it says here yeah original partridge spec english transformers meticulously hand-wired to harry joyce's exacting military standards proudly manufactured in the high watt custom shops um i'm guessing in the uk yeah like i said i don't know too in much doncaster my friend i doncaster. believe doncaster yes i think it is i don't know too much about their history um but yeah it looks like they're obviously made in the uk or at least the custom shop ones are and um you know, seems to be a lot of people talking about them and raving about them. And she said, maybe they're a bit more unified now. I think for anyone looking for, I nearly bought one of these. Actually, they did a limited edition. She came up on reverb and I was like, shall I buy one of these? Not made in the UK. I don't think they were. Maybe they were. They did. A, they did a valve amp and they still make a valve amp called the high five, um, which yeah, is their yeah, yeah. five watt one. Um, but they did a, a limited edition one for 420 um <laughs> called the high five um as in uh, yeah, yes, you're yes, super high. um and yeah it was all it was all green tolex and i was like should i buy that <laughs> that's pretty cool <laughs> um but ultimately those sort of amps they get a they are okay for clean but ultimately um, it's five watt amp if they're five watts you know crank them and use them at home basically and i guess that's the thing isn't it it's almost that's not really what you buy a high watt for is it you buy it for the headroom, so I guess the five watt amp yeah. is almost maybe not the not the heart of high watt sound, even though it's you know in its own right a perfectly good sounding amp. They yeah. do a whole range of tube, uh, like twelve AX seven run effects pedals as well. Yeah, they've made those. They have made those for a while because I've I've seen those. Um, I've never seen them. I've never seen yeah. them until I'm looking at their website. I've, I've do, seen them like, around, not in many, right. not in many dealers, but I've seen them around right. and online. But this this custom filter fuzz is relatively new to me, but it looks like it maybe came out earlier this year. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, maybe. potentially. Yeah, first time I saw it was obviously at the uh, at, at the first time I'd seen a lot of high watt stuff really in real life was at Guitar Summit. But I'm going to see if I can get them to send us one for us to check out for a little bit, Matt, because I am obviously we were both on a bit of a fuzz. Uh, you know, sort of roll at the moment, and this seems like it could be something really quite awesome. Indeed, um, indeed. We'll see. we will see. Now we are we are coming towards the end of this week's podcast, so I do want to talk about what's in our watch list uh, before we move on and choose a question for this week's Patreon episode. Matt, you definitely have something. I'm looking at what both of us have presented in our in the document for what's in our watch list. Mine is very, very average and yours seems far more interesting. Yes. Let's talk about the 80s, Joe. Um, it was a time <laughs> of great excess and where traditional guitar designs were out the window. The Strat was boring. Um, so people are probably relatively familiar with um, the kind of Everyone would have seen it, but the Roland guitar that came out, the G707 that came out from uh, Roland in the 80s, which is the kind of triangle-shaped guitar with the big horn that attaches to the body all the way to the headstock, um, and it's got loads of knobs and buttons and stuff on it. And uh, that was the kind of third guitar in the Roland synth guitar range, the first two being sort of Greco-Roland 
um, guitars, a little bit more traditional double cut style instruments. And then this was a new era, the eighties. Uh, and this guitar came with, or you, you know, you bought it with the GR 700 floor controller, which was basically a Roland, uh, JX, um, three P in a floor based unit. And like the modern synth guitars of today that use a GK pickup, these guitars had GK pickups built in with the Roland proprietary pickup system, um, which is all well and good. And they were expensive. And, you know, a few people use them. Jimmy Page, Andy Jimmy Summers. Jimmy Page. <laughs> Jimmy Page is a great, the best picture ever is Jimmy Page smoking a cigarette playing yeah. his 707 and the 700. But yeah, at the time, it, it was basically... Roland's proprietary guitar synth system. Sure, um, yeah. It used a 24-pin uh, pickup uh, and cable. But at the time, um, Ibanez decided to basically make a guitar that interfaced with it. So in 1986, and I've never seen one until I watched one on Reverb this week, the Ibanez Crossing Zing X. <laughs> Typhon IMG, so I'm guessing they call it the Crossing. IMG 2010, they call it MIDI. It's always people go, oh, it's got a MIDI pickup on it. No, it doesn't. They're normal pickups that transfer analog signal to digital. Um, the pickups themselves are completely analog. Um, but effectively, it has that Roland interface system in it, but it was designed by Ibanez. And it was the only other guitar that came out at the time. Wow. Also comes with their MC1 uh, MIDI controller. Um, so this was their attempt to kind of... It's I like guess, a 2U rack controller for MIDI. Yeah. It's massive. Um, so, and that had, I believe, had all the synth sounds in it, but it also interfaced with all of the Roland. So this kind of looks a bit like a Squire Katana. It looks a bit like a Gibson Modern. It's a bit Ned Steinberger. Yeah, it's a bit Steinberger. It's got a uh, Kayla-style trem on it, um, obviously all locking. Uh, and I love it that it's with... only three saddles, by the way. <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> all this modern stuff. And then it's like, yeah, three saddles. And then, um, yeah, and then on the sa on the bridge, technology for the future of music. Um, Ibanez made it. Um, I mean, they do actually call it a MIDI electronic guitar system, which is weird because the pickup itself is not MIDI, but I guess the thing you're plugging into is sort of MIDI. Um, but yeah, ultimately, um, a very cool instrument that totally failed and uh, was never seen again. Uh, but very cool, £2,499 yeah. from a rather interesting, and I think I've actually met this person because I've sold him um, some bits before, um, Essex Recording Studios on Instagram. Um, I think the guy was previously a, or he is an American sort of residing half in the UK, half in England, runs a studio in England, which is part charity. Um, but all of the stuff he's listing is like insane. Um, yeah. So it's worth checking him out. But yeah, he has some insane gear on his, um, on his, uh, on his reverb page, Essex recording studios. Wow. Um, and if you really fancy it there, you've got an Ibanez crossing, MIDI electric guitar from 1986.
I love it. I love that in the description for it, it says calling all Stranger Things fans. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, capitalize on uh, what's popular. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, what a ridiculous and super cool guitar, Matt. We should choose a question for this week. Now, last week, uh, I've, I've successfully managed to delete it from actually this week's document that we've got. So I'll bring up last week's document. But we were we were going to continue a question that we never quite got round to um, about uh, Firebirds. Yes. Uh, in next one, I'm nearly there, nearly there to find out who actually asked it. Ah, right, okay. It was Peter Pesher who'd... Uh, who'd asked, he'd said, hey, nerds, he needs some help having a serious bout of firebird-itis. And he doesn't know where it came from, but it is his current craving. So he's uh, thinking about different models, and we're going to make a few suggestions. I think, Matt, you have a few suggestions uh, for him there. And then also, uh, I asked for more questions, and, and it's been great this week, actually. I need to make note of all these questions, because we've had some brilliant ones. Um, but I, I think... Um, and don't forget, we will of course, you know, send out we send we send out picks to who, whoever's question we've chosen. I'm actually uh, already sent out some picks to John Bikes. We picked one of his questions before, but he asked great questions, and he's he's asked uh, with international purchases now uh, now seriously rising in cost. What British brands should nerds be looking for? Apologies to everyone who's not British on that, but actually, I mean, to be honest, it would be cheaper for you guys to buy British stuff now. Yeah, that, exactly. You know, now the pound's in the toilet, so uh, you know, let's uh, let's talk about that. So we might talk about some companies to look out for. There are a bunch of other great questions, but we'll see where we get to with those first two before we uh, before we move on. Um, yeah. But but uh, but yes, that is all the time we have. On this week's episode, join us over on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. You get this whole extra episode that we're going to go and do. There are three tiers that you can support us at. There's a dollar tier. It means you get this episode ad free and early every week. Five dollars gets you all of our back catalogue. Ten dollars means I'll mention your name in the song at the end. Find us on all your favourite social media platforms. Join the Guitar Nerds group on Facebook to get involved in our weekly episode discussion. Check out our reels on Instagram for little mini demos. Thanks for listening. You've been lovely. We've been the Guitar Nerds. Farewell.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 